You're listening to Spark People Radio, inspirational, motivational, and educational radio guaranteed to spark your day and spark your life. I'm Lily Hills, your host, and I am thrilled to be here with you today to pass along some information, some phenomenal information that's going to help you to get healthier and happier. I got your back. Whether you like it or not, I am here for you. And this week, I've invited some truly superstar guests who are going to share some of the monumental obstacles they overcame to get to their healthiest weight. And my wonderful co-host is going to be joining me later. We'll be talking about the most frightening exercise trend right now. This one, I have to be honest, I did not see coming. But before we go there, I wanted to share with you one of the latest studies on exercise that will support you in recognizing that if you are not, not moving that body of yours regularly, you are missing out on a whole host of big old benefits, like not getting sick as much. I'm sure we'd all like some of that. Having more energy, feeling good, feeling really good every day, and possibly avoiding diabetes. And the truth is, we all know that exercise is good for us. That's no secret. But there's not been a lot of research on why. Scientists haven't been able to nail down all of the reasons from a biological perspective as to basically why it's like medicine for our bodies. And isn't it interesting that the human body is so outrageously brilliant, so incomprehensibly complex, that in spite of the billions of dollars that go into research around it and the genius of the doctors that are studying it, there are some really big gaps that don't explain how our bodies work, some gaps in terms of information and gaps in terms of understanding. And the truth is if we don't respect our bodies and the amazing things they can do to make our lives easier and more joyful. We got a problem. We got a problem. But we have to cut ourselves a break because let's face it, many of us, most of us, we're not told we're walking around in an invaluable asset when we were kids. I know my whole life would have been totally different with the information that my body is brilliant and truly invaluable and an asset when it comes to being healthy and getting to your natural weight. So well, I'm going to digress. Okay, back to the study. This particular study, which was conducted by researchers affiliated with the Lund University Diabetes Center in Sweden, shows that exercise seems to be able to drastically alter how genes operate. This is the new information, even how your genes operate. So I didn't know that genes basically turn on and off depending on what biochemical signals they receive from elsewhere in the body. That was not even anywhere in my consciousness. But when those genes are turned on, they put out proteins that prompt a variety of actions in the body. Bottom line is, you definitely want those genes working for you and receiving the communication from the rest of the body. It's this, it's this big, it's like a game of telephone. Different parts of your body are telling it to do different things, to manufacture different chemicals and to give you energy and so forth. So this is where it gets kind of complicated and makes me want to cry a little bit like I did in my high school chemistry class when I didn't understand. There's a process called methylation in which a cluster of carbons and hydrogen atoms attach to the outside of your gene, not the inside, but the outside, which make it either easier or harder for that gene to receive and respond to messages from your body. What's interesting is that this process seems to be driven by how you live your life. So if you want your genes to work optimally, they have to be stimulated. They have to be worked out. You want your genes to be basically getting as many communications as possible. But if you're not working out, it's very much like when you're talking to your husband in front of the television when he's watching a pro football game. Your genes don't hear what the rest of your body's trying to say. But even after one workout, one, your methylation process is altered for the better. 
That's how powerful working out is. And your genes are saying a big yes to that. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm ready to listen to you now. So again, sitting on the couch night after night, it's understandable after a hard day. You're working hard, people. I get that. But when you realize that every single function in your body is negatively impacted, including your genes, when you are not getting off the couch every single day and moving that body, you want to take that information to heart. And if you have a family history of diabetes, this is especially important. So get back on that horse. If you're struggling with working out, jump back on. Thomas Edison said, one of our greatest weaknesses lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. And I think it took him something like 10,000 attempts to create the light bulb. So Thomas Edison, you got some serious stamina. I'm impressed with you, kind sir. So if you've fallen off the wagon, jump back on. This is the first day of the rest of your life. You have everything it takes to get healthier and happier. You just want to have a support team behind you and you want to make it your main focus. Put it on the dashboard of your consciousness. And stay away from the easy. Easy is seldom excellent. If you want to feel phenomenal, go for the burn. Test yourself. Push your limits. I guarantee your life will be much easier in the long run if you step outside your comfort zone now. You will amaze yourself. That I can promise. So next up, feeling frustrated around your weight loss goals? We're going to talk with a woman who lost 100 pounds on three different occasions. This is the third time. But this time, she knows she's going to keep it off. And she's going to tell us the inside scoop on how she's going to do exactly that. You're listening to Spark People Radio, supporting our listeners in learning the healthy, permanent, and pleasurable approach to getting into the best mental and physical shape of your life. Sometimes that yard can seem like an obstacle course, full of flower beds, bird baths, and shrubs. Good thing Craftsman Innovation can help you maneuver those obstacles with ease. With the new Craftsman Turn Tight Tractor, the industry's tightest turn just got tighter. The improved 6-inch turning radius provides more maneuverability and precision so you can get around almost anything that lies in your way. This tight turning eliminates the hassle of repositioning your tractor in an effort to get a closer cut. Find Turn Tight technology across Craftsman lawn and garden tractors. Craftsman, trust in your hands. Available at Craftsman.com, Sears Ace Hardware, and Sears Hometown Stores. And welcome back to Spark People Radio. With more than 15 million members in over 100 countries, we are spreading the positive spark across the globe thanks to you. I'm Lily Hills, and I'm happy to have with me here today Megan Patrick, a lovely woman who's lost 100 pounds on three separate occasions. And she's going to share her tips with us how to make the weight loss you work so hard to achieve. She's going to tell us how to maintain that because she is on her third round. She's down 100 pounds. She's feeling good. She's feeling powerful. And Megan, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. And will you tell us what made you decide to make this final journey into losing that 100 pounds and what's going to be different about this time around? Well, I just, you know, it's always been about health and been about feeling um, comfortable in my body. And I just, I've just always wanted to, um, you know, reach that ultimate goal of being able to maintain this weight loss. Um, There are several things I think that are going to make this time different. I've really um, embraced and committed to the idea of daily exercise and of exercise being such a crucial part of the maintenance phase of weight loss. Um, 
And then this time I have a, an extra um, little thing on my side, which is I actually did end up having weight loss surgery, um, which is something I never thought that I would do. But after having gone through, you know, the diet and exercise route twice and being very successful but not being able to maintain it, I decided I needed another tool in my pocket to be able to make it last. And and I totally get that. I can understand the lure of it as well. And as you and I both know, there are both pros and cons to that type of surgery. Will you tell us first a little bit about what were the challenges that you faced with the weight loss surgery? Um, well, I've actually, I ended up having two different surgeries because I had complications the first time. I started with the lap band, um, which works fabulously for some people. It just helps you to eat less. Um, but it caused some internal problems, and I actually had to have it removed. And But luckily, um, it wasn't too serious, and so the doctor was able to revise to a gastric sleeve, which is basically where they just make your stomach smaller. Um, and the entire thing is it just becomes this extra little thing um, that helps you make good choices. You still have to make the choices yourself. You still have to choose to eat healthy food, and you still have to choose to exercise. Um, but it just helps you in that direction. Mm-hmm. And were the, the complications from the first surgery, were they extreme? Were you worried about it? Was there fear or was it just something simple? Um, no, I was worried about it. Um, I was worried there might be permanent damage. Um, that does happen in some rare cases. You can actually end up really, um, you know, damaging your esophagus if things don't, you know, go well. Um, and so, yeah, I was definitely worried. I was scared, um, but I, you know, had a lot of support from my family, and I had a, a good surgical team, and they, you know, walked me through the whole thing. And then, in the end, the surgery, the second surgery, was extremely successful, and everything re- went really well, and I was able to heal up completely. Beautiful. And I'm so happy for you that you're feeling healthy now and you're feeling in control. Would you say that the the little extra piece of having the surgery? Do you have to do basically the same things you did before? that uh, that allowed you to lose the weight without the surgery. Are you doing things differently than you did before, or is it just you're doing exactly what you did before, but your appetites have been reduced? Exactly. I'm doing exactly what I did before. I'm watching what I eat very carefully. I tend to weigh food. Um, I eat a lot of, you know, super fresh food, things from farmer's markets. Um, I do a lot of my own cooking. Um, I exercise almost every day, at least six days a week. So it's all the same things that anyone would do if they wanted to lose weight. Um, it's just that when I start to struggle, having a smaller stomach and a smaller appetite prevents me from slipping back into negative habits, um, because I get full so fast. Uh Uh-huh. I see. And you enjoy food just as much. It's just, you get fuller faster. Absolutely. So I just, I enjoy smaller portions. Wonderful. And let me ask you this, in terms of the surgery before you went in, did they tell you, you know, this is something that's life-threatening? This is something that... Oh, absolutely. I mean, I never would have had the surgery, but my doctor, um, just my regular doctor, one day I was just in for a checkup, and he said, you know, you've reached a weight where you're a good candidate for weight loss surgery. He just very subtly said that. And I left the office, and I went home, and I cried, you know, and I just thought, have I really gotten to that point? Is it really that serious? And it really was that serious. Um, And so that's when I started researching it and, and realizing that it was actually a good choice for me. And I'm, again, I'm so psyched for you that you found something that's working because as we all know out there, the in terms of dealing with emotional appetites that make us reach for food we're not hungry for, it's a tough one to beat. It's a tough Absolutely. one to beat. And have you changed the way that you think about food now? Have those emotional appetites gone away or are they still there? 
They're still there a little bit in the background, but I've also, as part of this whole, you know, much longer journey, I've also worked with a therapist, um, and we did a lot of work around emotional eating and just eating issues in general and um, body image issues and all that sort of thing. So I actually had to do a lot of emotional work um, to prepare for the surgery and then to follow it up and to just keep dealing with what happens, like why when I lose weight do I gain it back again. Um, and it turns out a lot of it is an emotional trigger that happens when I would hit a certain, um, I would get on a really long plateau, and it seems to be where my body wants to stay and what it wants to weigh, and I, wouldn't, I didn't want to accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I've sort of accepted that, it's made it a lot easier to deal with the emotions. Yeah, I completely get that. And we are going to come back, and in just a moment, we're going to find out more from Megan, her top tips for permanent and healthy weight loss. So stay with us because she's got a lot of really fascinating information to share. You're listening to Spark People Radio, a program designed to support you in experiencing the delicious and rewarding feeling of being healthy in every sense of the word. This piece of road intelligence is brought to you by the highly intelligent Audi A6 with night vision assistant. 80% of drivers multitask. Take the guy next to you who's paying more attention to the lettuce between his teeth than the road. Audi. Truth in engineering. Night vision assistance available feature. Do not drive while distracted. Alan Taylor here from The Drive. The Audi A6 is equipped to help you navigate practically anything you may encounter on the road. With features like the available Audi Quattro all-wheel drive and Audi Drive Select, which allows you to adjust the car's handling and responsiveness. Visit your local Audi dealer to learn more. You're listening to Spark People Radio, a show designed to remind you that you are just one workout, one meal, and one thought away from getting back on track with your health-related goals, every single one of them. And what matters most is not what you did in the past, but what you do from this moment forward. I'm Lily Hills. I'm your host for the show. And we have with us today Megan Patrick, a lovely lady who's sharing with us her story around having lost 100 pounds on two, three separate occasions. She's on her third round. She's absolutely convinced that this is going to be the one that sticks for a lifetime. And Megan, before the break, we were talking a little bit about how the surgery that you had is allowing you to have a smaller appetite, but you were talking about therapy, getting therapy and finding out what was at the root of your emotional issues that made you reach for food you weren't hungry for. So will you share with us some of the techniques you use to calm and center yourself when you're feeling that urge to eat and you know that it's not because you're hungry, but it's because you're bored or stressed or just looking for something to do or worried about the future, worried about your kids or your job and what have you. What, what are some of your coping strategies? I mean, a lot of it has to do with just actually learning to listen to your body. We get conditioned as we're growing up to eat at very specific times because your parents, you know, put food in front of you or because you have a specific lunch break. But you have to kind of break out of that mentality and really start to listen to your own hunger signals and respond to them appropriately. So it just comes back to just really, really trusting yourself and listening to yourself and listening to your body. That's exactly right. That's genius. Genius. I'd like to take that moment, that one quote, and have every person who's listening in remind themselves of that every day. Because if you think of your stomach as a, as a gas tank, and, and if you put too much gas in the tank, it's going to overflow, right? That's where we gain the excess weight. But if you're eating in alliance with your body rather than your mind, your mind's always going to be hungry. Your mind is always going to say, it's snack time. But your body's going to say, you know what, I've had, I'm satisfied. I feel good about what I ate. I don't feel stuffed. So let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, 5 is satisfied, 10 is stuffed, and 1 is hungry. 
When you're eating between that one and the five, that's where the weight comes off. Absolutely. So in terms of, again, listening to your body, let's say there are times where your body doesn't say you're hungry, but your mind's saying it's snack time, I'm bored or I'm stressed. Is there a way that you talk yourself down from the ledge around that? Um, I mean, I have learned some skills through therapy about talking through thoughts and negative thoughts in your mind and like reaching for the next um, more helpful thought. So, you know, it's kind of recognizing, okay, I'm not hungry, so what am I going to do instead? Um, And of course, my, my natural inclination right now is to go for a walk or something like that, just because I'm very focused on fitness right now. Um, So, I mean, that's always one way to, to, to beat that battle. And the other way is, when you think you're hungry, drink something first because maybe you're just thirsty. That's a great tip because most Americans are chronically dehydrated and it's very easy to mistake thirst for hunger. Mm-hmm. That's that's a fantastic tip. Uh, Megan, I wanted to ask you too, you had shared with the, with the surgery um, that you had some health issues even with the second surgery. And I wanted to find out, I think you had mentioned something about heartburn. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty common um, side effect of gastric sleeve surgery is that you end up having chronic heartburn um, just because there's not as much space in your stomach for food, and so it ends up kind of backing up into your esophagus. Um, so it just, there are ways around it. I mean, you can take prescription medication, but that's, and I did for a while, but then I decided it was something that I didn't want to have to do long term. So then you just have to think about, you know, eating smaller amounts of food, um, you know, letting things digest before you work out, that kind of thing. Um, There are definitely ways to cope with it without medication. And so you just basically, it's the smaller portions. Are there any natural remedies for it or is it something more that's related specifically to? There are some natural remedies. Um, You know, if you ask a doctor, like a gastroenterologist or something, they might tell you that they're not going to help you. But in my personal experience and from, you know, other people I've talked to, they can help. So something like, before you eat, you might have something acidic like um, an apple cider vinegar or something like that, which has other, you know, health benefits um, that sort of helps prime your stomach to be able to digest food. There are also, um, you can get like capsules of something called betaine HCL, which is a, a very weak kind of hydrochloric acid solution that also just helps you digest food. Okay. Good good suggestions because I know there's some probably some people out there who have had the surgeries and they're looking for ways to to get rid of that feeling because I've had heartburn many times in my own life and we both know that ain't no fun. It's not fun. That <laughs> is not fun. The other thing, I mean, um, the, the thing, it mostly strikes people at night when they're sleeping and the other thing that I've done is I have a special heartburn wedge-shaped pillow that I sleep on that actually um, just elevates the top part of your body a few inches. And so it just lets gravity um, help keep everything where it's supposed to be. I'll tell you, that one would keep me on track because I am not good with pain. I'm going to be honest here, Megan. Anything that's painful for me, I steer clear of it <laughs> because it, it's, it's kind of a funny thing. I'm kind of a wussy that way. Even though in some ways I can deal with emotional discomfort, that one I've gotten used to. So if I'm dealing with stress, I know how to manage my mind and I know how to get back to a more calm place. But you put something physical on my plate my mind gets extra, extra busy. So I'm glad you've got some strategies to deal with that, but it sounds like you've kind of got that that uh, ability to overcome major obstacles in your own life, which is very impressive. And that's what I, the other thing I wanted to ask you about. What have you learned from maintaining this 120-pound weight loss? 
Well, I mean, the biggest thing I've learned is that just because I have some magical number in my brain of what I want to weigh doesn't mean that that's ever actually going to happen. And I've had to learn to be okay with that. Um, so I'm down about 120 pounds right now from my top weight. I'm not skinny. I'm not even thin. I'm very healthy, but you would never, you know, mistake me for a fashion model or anything like that. And I've just really had to work hard to get okay with that. And that's a huge lesson to learn, that just because you want to look a certain way doesn't mean that your body was designed, you know, to be that way. It doesn't mean that your genetics are going to let you be that way. So you've got to work with what you have, and you've got to be happy with what you have and appreciate everything that you build for yourself. That's lovely, and it's absolutely true. I mean, we've all been basically brainwashed to believe that there's only one form of beauty in terms of our bodies. It has to look one way in order to be attractive. And the truth is your body's got a mind of its own and it will lead you to your natural and ideal weight. And, and if you're eating in alliance with your body and you're being physically active, your body will melt down to where you're supposed to be. It's just more managing the emotional appetites. That's the hardest part of what anyone who's looking to lose weight is up against. So thank you for sharing your story. I know there are a lot of people out there that are kind of on the fence as to whether or not they want to do a surgery. There are health ramifications. There's no doubt about that. It will be right for some of you. So do your research. But first of all, the first thing you want to do is start developing a healthier relationship with your body and yourself. Because if you do that, it's going to make the whole process easier. And we all want some easy. So thank you, Megan. Thanks so much for hanging out with us and sharing your wisdom. And congratulations. It's an extraordinary feat, and you should be very proud of yourself. Thank you. Next up, another extraordinary individual that's lost over 100 pounds and is now doing Ironman. Oh, yeah. This man's turned into an Uberman, and he's got a special message for the men out there. You're listening to Spark People Radio, 15 million Sparksters teaming up to get in the best shape of their lives. One day, one workout, and one meal at a time. At Bridgestone, we say our passion for performance knows no bounds. But what does that mean? Well, it means that we're so passionate about tire technology that sometimes we find ourselves wondering what would happen if we applied that passion elsewhere. Like, say, cookware. Yeah. Tire tread saute pans, or polymer road-hugging oven mitts, or, or what about cutlery cut from cutting-edge tire technology, or how about we just stick to tires? Because really, tires are what we know best. Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. listening to Spark People Radio, a team of 15 million people looking to get into the best shape of their lives so they can enjoy more freedom and fun and have less stress. I'm Lily Hills, your host, and every week on the show we like to bring on at least one guest who has, is going to inspire us to understand that any health-related goals we've set for ourselves are imminently achievable, and this week's guest is going to show us just that because he has lost a total of 115 pounds so far. I read on his blog that it said he could barely walk to his mailbox. And now he's doing triathlons, 70-mile triathlons. So here's a man that's going to inspire all of us to have a deeper understanding that everything we need to get into great shape is right within our grasp. Actually, it's within. So, Robert, welcome to the show. And before we dive into your triathlon training, which I'm sure is intense, my friend, can you share a little bit about your background, how you got to this point where you made that choice 
I'm going to start getting in shape. Was there an aha moment or a light bulb moment that went off for you? Uh, it basically started with the fact that I I was made very keenly aware of the fact that uh, life was just not good. I mean, I mean, at my starting weight of 385 pounds, there's just really not much that you can do. You know, you have a you have a very small comfort zone. Little exertion is extremely difficult, and I finally. After several other attempts of trying to lose weight, I would lose maybe about 15, 20 pounds. I'd fall off the wagon, I'd, and it would take me almost like a year to get back on track you know, mm-hmm. once, I would, uh, once I would get away from that routine. And then finally, I just, you know, it's very, very, very hard to describe that click moment, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of it really boiled down to the fact that I was enjoying what I was doing. And I started by simply just getting out there and walking. Yeah. And it started out by simply just walking a half a mile. Then that mile would turn into a mile. And then that mile turned into a couple of miles. And I just simply kept walking. And, and what anchored me was the fact that it wasn't just simply I was out there because this is something that I had to do in order to try to correct something negative about me, such as, hey, I'm fat, I'm overweight, I hate how I look. It became more of I began to smell the air. I began to hear the birds singing. I began to take in the sights and sounds and smells and everything that was around me, and that's what kept, com- kept me coming back. And then, and then as the distances became progressively longer, I became bored with what I was doing. So at that point, I took up bike riding and then bike riding turned into jogging. Um, And of course, while all of this was going on, I I began to drop a few pounds here, dropped a few pounds there, made really small, seemingly insignificant changes. But over time, all of those changes built up. And And then as I began to increase the distance, that in and of itself became a reward where I would say, hey, you know what? I'm breaking totally new ground here. I just jogged two miles today without stopping. And, and just the feeling of being able to accomplish something like that after not being able to climb stairs, bending over to tie my shoes would make me sweat um, and wheeze. And it, it just, you know, this is just a whole new paradigm for me. And, and essentially, uh, you know, a, a, a 10K became a half marathon, a half marathon became a marathon. Then ultimately I started to get into triathlon. I taught myself how to swim. Uh, I did a sprint triathlon last year and I so fell fell in love with the sport that I kind of jumped right from doing a sprint to the second triathlon I ever done was a 70.3. And what that entails is 1.2 mile swim, 56 miles on the bike, followed by a half marathon, which is 13.1 miles. Um, Wowzer, mister. That is, that is something else. And what it's even more impressive about it. And what we, what I want everyone listening in to remember is that he started small. Now he's doing these triathlons, sprint triathlons for heaven's sakes, but you started with the small and every little hurdle that you passed in terms of, you know, walking around the block and then going for a mile and then two miles, it helped to keep your motivation running high. And that is what is so important for all of us to remember because truth is, once you get started exercising, it not only feels good mentally, you're dropping endorphins into your bloodstream. You're going to be feeling good. It makes it easier to smell the roses and to see what is good about life when you're giving yourself a natural high through the endorphins. 
Absolutely. That is absolutely correct. And, you know, one thing, if I can add, one thing that has also changed the whole game for me is the fact that most people, including myself in the past, any time that we would darken the door of the gym, it was always based on something negative. Okay. I would look in the mirror. I don't like what I'm seeing. I need to go work out because I don't like how I look or, or I feel like I am too fat or I don't fit into my clothes anymore. You know, it's always based on something negative. Okay. But rather why not go to the gym to bring out the best you possible, accentuate the positive, don't dwell in the negative. Okay. And, and basically every time that I would set a goal of, okay, I'm going to do this particular half marathon or triathlon or whatever it is, I would get the reward of, hey, you know what, I just did this. I, um, you know, I encountered this difficulty or that difficulty. I overcame it. And, you know, sometimes the hardest respect that you will ever earn in this life is the respect that comes from yourself, your own respect. Mm -hmm. And when you set and keep and honor those small goals, they have a tendency to become bigger and and something within you is reinforced. The whole thing is just this positive climb into bigger and better things. That's exactly right. Anyone who's listening in who's wondering whether they need to, to get mad at themselves in order to get themselves in better shape, the carrot works a thousand times better than the whip. And when we come back, Robert's going to share more of his amazing tips for permanent and healthy and pleasurable weight loss. You're listening to Spark People Radio, and when you're tired of listening to all the negative messages out there, those voices of doom and gloom, please tune in to us. You're going to get a positive message that lifts your spirit, feeds your soul, and makes everything go a little more smoothly in your life. It's hard to know where a project will take you or what tools you may need. Craftsman understands that, which is why they built so much versatility and convenience into their family of Craftsman Universal tools. Each tool gives you the ability to tackle six different types of nuts and bolts, so when you run into a different type of fastener, look at that! No new tool required. Instead of spending time digging around in your toolbox, you get to focus on the job at hand and finish it quicker. With Craftsman Universal tools, you're never without exactly what you need to get the project done right. Craftsman, trust in your hands. Available at Craftsman.com, Sears, Ace Hardware, and Sears Hometown Stores. You're listening to Spark People Radio, the show for those who want to get beyond excuses and frustration around their fitness goals and move towards them with support, inspiration, and the information to make it happen faster. My name is Lily Hills. I'm your host. And we have, we're talking before the break with Robert Wadhams, who's lost 115 pounds and his, whose blog page motto now reads, I live my dreams in some way every day and wouldn't change a thing. And who wouldn't like to have that as their personal motto? Robert, thank you so much for being with us. And oh, before happy to be here. we love having you. And before the break, we were talking about the mindset that's most helpful when it comes to reaching not just your weight loss goals, but any goal that you have in your life, keeping a positive mindset. And my question for you is, did you have those moments where you felt hopeless after you started in, after you got into a rhythm, or were those messages from your untamed mind minimized because you were taking action every day? I would have to say that there was probably not a week that went by that I didn't hit some low point. Um, I think that your snags and 
and the and the uh, 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 struggles, the mental struggles. That is all entirely part of the journey. And if there are, well, I'm not going to say if, but there are people that are struggling every day with the desire to keep going, and that is 110% normal. Okay, I mean, it's not like I've gotten to where I've gotten because I've never run into a problem. I have just found through setting and keeping small goals and being true to those goals, even if they're small, okay, if, if you honor that commitment uh, to walk for 10 minutes, if you honor that commitment, you strengthen something within you. If you blow that off because, well, it's only 10 minutes, then at that point something within you is going to hold you accountable, and you do that often enough, and pretty soon you won't even believe anything that you tell yourself. It is absolutely important that no, no matter how small or how insignificant, when you make, keep, and you honor that commitment, you will be strengthened, and sooner or later your internal fortitude will be strong enough to handle when, when, the, when the big stuff comes. And I promise you, it will. If you're in this journey for any length of time, you will have big struggles. It's extremely important. And that's so beautifully articulated that it really is, there will be that voice in your head that's going to say, this is impossible, you're not going to be able to get it done, I don't feel like it. It's almost like there's power in writing down the typical messages that you've listened to before you started to get into uh, a better mindset and start to get more physical. So write down the things that your mind will tell you that you've listened to for the last few years that have kept you from getting into shape. What does your mind tell you? I don't have time. I don't have the energy. I'm too old. It's too late for me. I don't care. All of those are tricks of the mind because the bigger part of you wants to get into the best shape of your life so you can stop worrying about it. So when you have those two voices in your head competing with each other, it's really important to articulate out loud the voice that's saying, no, I'm going to do this. I am going to take charge of my life. Did you have a support system along the way, Robert, as you were making the transition? Or did you have to basically create that for yourself? For the most part, I had to create that for myself. Now, that's not to say that I had people that were trying to sabotage me. But, I mean, let's face it, who doesn't go on a diet or try to change their health in one way or another and then ultimately fall to the wayside? Okay, everybody everywhere is going on a diet or trying to make this some sort of a change. So when you begin to embark on some kind of a healthy lifestyle journey, don't expect everybody to jump on board and rah, 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 because they've seen this before. You come here for the rah, rah, rah. Right, you come. You come to the radio show for the, or, yeah. or you, you know, or your personal trainer. I mean, you can hire someone to be your personal exactly. cheerleader if you don't have someone around you. And I know that's one of your goals now, Robert. You had mentioned in one of your blog posts that now you're excited about becoming a trainer so that you can help other people to move beyond their uh, challenges around getting into shape. And who better than someone who has lived through what you've been through and turned it around? That's so, it's so important to have a mentor that's been where you have been so they know you identify with them. That's huge. It, it is extremely important. I hear that quite a bit. Um, you know, and that's not to say that someone who has never had a weight problem could, um, is not a good trainer. There are um, I know many of them, and they are absolutely fantastic, and there are some that I absolutely love them dearly. Um, but sometimes there can be a credibility gap to where 
someone who has an, in like for instance, in my case, who was morbidly obese, someone can essentially, while their trainer is speaking to them, can look at them and say, well, you know, in the back of their mind say, yeah, but you've never had to deal with this or deal with that, or all of a sudden feeling the shame of having piled through an entire box of pizza, um, and you're sitting there looking at a pile of crust knowing that you shouldn't have done that, and you can feel that shame and feel how you let yourself down like that and betrayed your own trust. Mm-hmm. Okay, someone who's never had a weight problem has never, never really had to deal with those issues. It's absolutely um, true. In fact, I think there's a there's a a lack of sensitivity because if you've never dealt with a compulsivity around food, it's hard to understand. I can't count the number of times and people told me, "Well, just eat less and work out more." And that voice in your head that tells you to eat, it's beyond comprehension how strong that can be. So learning to turn that voice down is the key to transcending that urge to eat food you're really not hungry for. So, Robert, I am trusting that you are going to be a phenomenal trainer. You're going to help a huge number of people. I'm hoping you're going to write a book, too, because truly hearing your story gets people to recognize no matter what they're facing, they can do it just one step and one workout and one meal at a time. So congratulations on the weight loss. Congratulations on feeling so good. I'm just happy for you, and you deserve all the happiness that's coming your way. Thank you. So next up, we're going to be joined by my co-host, Karen Hudson, and we'll be talking about the most frightening workout craze of all times. I know. You're going to want to hear about this. You're listening to Spark People Radio, a show designed to make it easier for you to keep your focus on all of your health and fitness goals and have more fun at the same time. Is your car talking to you? Do you hear a squeal when you step on the brake pedal? Chances are, this is the brake pad wear indicator telling you that it's time to replace those brake pads. Your Haynes manual will lead you through this relatively easy procedure. Over 400 Haynes manuals are offered covering most vehicles on the road. For information on a repair manual for your car, go to Haynes.com. That's Haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S dot com. listening to Spark People Radio, and whenever you feel like you're needing a high-powered pep talk, please remember to connect with us, because we have your back every step of the way. I'm Lily Hill. And I'm Karen Hudson. And uh, we are uh, kind of excited to talk about tonight's topic, which is a little bit scary. And it's about a new craze that's sweeping the nation that I don't understand to save my life. Actually, I understand a little bit about it. It's called... Run for your lives. It's a zombie-themed five-kilometer, which is basically about 3.1-mile race, that also features apocalyptic obstacles. Come on. Like a pitch-black, smoke-filled house with live wires. What? <laughs> that you have to run through? That you have to run through. And, and basically, the bottom line is... A lot of people say to do these races, they need to have someone chasing them uh-huh. in order to give them some incentive. You need to do a 5K or a 3K, a, exactly. fun, race, a fun run. Exactly. Uh-huh. So people pay $75, and they are chased by these people that are dressed like zombies. That is crazy. We're talking 
blood. We're talking, you know, um, uh, the clothing that's been ripped to shreds. We're with talking the gauze with the gauze and the teeth. And wow, I, I for one, am not a big zombie fan. No, nor am I. <laughs> but doesn't do it for me. The zombie thing. These races. This isn't the only one. They're taking off across the country. Really? They ba- they basically sell out almost immediately because they're so much fun. I mean, there is this big zombie moving movement happening right now. It just. I, it's all the television shows are featuring zombies. I have noticed that. They've got that World War Z one coming out with right. Brad Pitt, right? Yeah. All zombie related. All about an apocalyptic end of the world that is depressing and dark and scary. Well, uh, I don't know about that. Well, interestingly enough, that there is something that there have been some studies that have shown that interest in zombies tends to spike when the economy spl- sputters. Interesting. So it's almost like... They're a valve for releasing some anxiety. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just money issues. At least yeah. we don't have zombies chasing us, honey. That's kind of the, the, the line of reasoning, yeah. which is crazy in some ways. A but little, but sense. human beings, we're a little nuts. We're a little crazy. So who who are these zombies that chase these people in the race? Well, people, are they hired, paid people that are actors? or They, they show up. Uh, they are hired. They're not hired. They volunteer. Ah. Because some people love to get dressed up like zombies. Yeah, I guess so. It's a Halloween biggie. any time of the year, huh? <laughs> so, but what happens is sometimes people that are in the race will have their loved ones chasing them. <laughs> so there's there was a story about this these two girlfriends that were chasing their husbands. They dressed up as zombies and they chased their husbands. Oh, that's hysterical! And it actually inspired their husbands to run to from run them? faster. I can say that I would definitely be running faster because it's basically if you get tagged by these zombies yeah. a number of times, uh huh, you're out. So okay. it's a race. So you really don't want to be tagged by them. You don't want to be hit. Karen. So that means that the zombies also have to be training for this. They, they do. They take them through this whole training process because they say dying, that you can't bite or tackle. Is that good? Zombies. Scratch? Can you scratch? <laughs> no scratching. No scratching. Nope. And they say dying too quickly is demoralizing for the runners. <laughs> so the zombies that are basically randomly assigned to different zones, where these obstacle courses, these crazy obstacle courses, they're told don't pull the flags off because that's how they they basically can kill you, uh-huh. is to pull a flag off of you. So for the first half mile, you can't pull any flags off. Like a flag football flag. When exactly. Those pop, that pop exactly. Off. But the third and last flag, you can't take away from anybody until they're at least halfway through because otherwise it's just, you know. Right. The Purposeless. party's gone down dramatically. That's, I would say so. Yeah. They didn't yeah. finish their goals and they got and they got dead, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that they they, they, they go through some elaborate processes. So these people show up early in the morning, they have their makeup done. They're wearing clothes in some cases, you know, one woman wore her old bridesmaid's dress. Oh my heavens. And they ripped it to shreds. She's still married, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, I was curious about that. <laughs> and they got to set up all these different scenes too. Well, you know, whatever makes people motivated to be outside and doing something active, I'm I'm all for it. That's that is the perfect point because the truth is if you're making exercise fun you're a thousand times more likely to do it yeah. i mean i would definitely do that zombie race i have to say i i really don't like looking at those images I'm not against zombies either no. i know you really don't you cover your eyes every movie i've ever seen with you that starts playing scary mu- music lily covers her eyes i find it upsetting she doesn't like to see it i find it upsetting She's but if you sensitive. find it fun i got your Me, back that's every... how i am yeah. go for it exactly. why not exactly that's hysterical and people being out there being theatrical and playful and 
crazy, makes crazy like fun, good-hearted like fun. I love it. It's true. I'm all for it. <laughs> I knew you would be somehow. <laughs> so that's it for this week, folks. Thanks again for hanging out with us. And we are trusting that the information that we're sharing is going to impact your life in a very positive way. Remember that this is the first day of the rest of your life. So make a big commitment starting now to take even better care of that billion dollar body of yours. It's your most precious ally. It's your most precious resource. So find a way to have fun getting it moving. Because if you do, the rest of your life is going to have more health and less stress. And we all could use a little more of that. So until next week, spark on. Are you using your smartphone to listen to music in the car or for GPS navigation? How would you like to do both without the risk of getting a ticket or causing an accident? Check out what's new from Kenwood, the number one mobile electronics brand in the country. With Kenwood, you can connect to your smartphone and safely control all your favorite apps by touchscreen while enjoying that legendary Kenwood sound. Learn more by visiting liveconnecteddriveconnected.com and to find a Kenwood dealer near you.